You're listening to Misunderstood Podcast, where we're setting the record straight on all things misunderstood. I'm your host, Kelly Hall, pageant runner-up, model, speaker, entrepreneur, pageant queen, and U.S. Navy lieutenant. I may have never won a Miss USA title, but I am the queen of being misunderstood. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Misunderstood Podcast. I'm thrilled to have expert Deborah Roberts on the show today. Deborah, thank you so much for being here. It's truly an honor. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And you know what? I was just blown away when I got an email from your publicist or your PR rep. You know, she sent me her bio and I was like, oh, we're coming in cold here. Like I haven't seen anything online. I haven't been following you, which is typically what I have whenever I have guests on the show kind of have like a general sense of what what they've been doing for like years. And I was like, I have to have her on the show. I I need to know these techniques that you're using and all of your background on toxic workplace cultures and your relationship protocol book. It's so impressive. So we'll just get right into it today. First of all, tell listeners how this all happened. Like you don't just wake up one day and you're like, oh, I'm going to write a book on this. I'm a pro. (laughs) So how did this come to fruition? So if I take you back, I would start where I grew up in a family where my mother was a third grade teacher in a Mm -hmm. low income area. Okay. And I would go to school with her periodically. And I watched how she interacted with the children, with everybody in the community. And she treated everybody the same, whether you were one of her students or you were the principal or you were the janitor. And she, as a matter of fact, she and the janitor used to sing to each other. And it was just a really sweet relationship. And I think from a very young age, I learned that people should be respected and treated fairly and in a kind way. Mm -hmm. And when I think of ultimately what I've built, I went into the mental health field, had a private practice, have done business consulting. I am a trauma consultant as well. And all throughout my work, it was about helping people to get along Mm -hmm. and in practical, logical ways of starting from a place of being kind. And so that's how it evolved. And after being in the mental health field and business consulting for a few decades, I decided, I realized actually that what I was doing was different than what was out there. I kind of teach the how-tos for having practical conversations. And so that's, I gave it a name the relationship protocol and wrote the book. You know, what's funny about that is that I feel like as I go about this life of mine, that you think what you're doing is just so normal. You know, like you mentioned before the show, you're like, I just thought everyone kind of knew how to communicate, (laughs) you know, and, and I feel similar to that, you know, as I go through my experience, like I'm a very uh, process oriented person, you know, I like steps, I like checklists, I think through things in a, a process focused way. Logical way. Yes. A very logical way. Like I'm like, okay, that didn't work because I did this or, you know, I reflect back on it. Lots of people are not that way. And so I've noticed that as well. Like, you know, you give someone a how to that really resonates because not everybody knows how to execute, you know, they need that step-by-step processes. So I think that that's incredible that you were able to formulate this program on 
communication and, and conversations. So tell us a little bit about the relationship protocol and um, kind of the steps that you recommend people take. Sure. So the relationship protocol is a communication model that can be used for personal use. You can also use it in the workplace and it has actionable, practical tools that are really what's required to have good relationships, productive interactions, and it gives you the tools for how to have the conversations. I actually recently, and I can talk more about it in a moment, redid, revamped the online course that I had for the workplace. And I even created a relationship protocol model at work version of Mm. the model itself, because I realized that in the workplace, there are some differences in terms of how people typically communicate. So I'm being respectful of that as well. I've expanded the model to include if someone really needs that piece, that there's a whole other area where we can support them and communicating at work, whether it's with people that they supervise or dealing with someone in authority, not really sure how to deal with conflicts Mm -hmm. because there are little tweaks that are a little bit different, but that's the relationship protocol. It gives you the, how to approach a situation, the kind of mindset that you should have just in general, Mm -hmm. and also how to initiate conversations, how to build trust and how to resolve conflicts. If it's okay with you, I'd love to kind of walk through each of those things. Do you have like a number one, like approach the conversation? Is that kind of how you start or how do you start with these building blocks? So there's two different directions I can go in right now. The model itself has two key elements, which are the core ingredients that you need to have to have a healthy relationship, period. Whether you're at home with your romantic partner or you're at work with a coworker and you wanna have a good relationship with them. It's different gradations of what that means, but that's the essence of it. The other thing is how to approach a conversation. I have a quick tip that makes it really easy, which Mm -hmm. I can share with you if you want me to go. Can we do both? Cause I need to know, I need all the information. (laughs) I need to know, I'm trying to build healthy relationships and marriage over here. Let's do the first. So the key ingredients that you're suggesting. I call them the two key elements. Okay. And, two key elements. What, Got it. The two key elements. So I'm the first one. Diligently. <laughs> I see. <laughs> two key elements, one and two. Got it. There'll be a little quiz at the end. Exactly. Thank <laughs> you. Okay. The first one is commitment. And if okay. you think about it, we have to demonstrate our commitment to whether it's the person, the interaction, the organization, or people won't feel as trusting of us. They won't feel as secure in the interaction or in the relationship. They're not going to want to be vulnerable. So how we show up and showing up in a committed way is really critical to the success of the relationship and the success of anything, really. As I like to say, if you don't demonstrate commitment, you kind of got nothing. And it's not commitment and, you know, there's commitment gets a bad rap and, you know, people have fear of commitment and all of that. That's not what we're talking about here. We're really talking about putting both feet into a situation where no one doubts that they matter to you, that the situation matters to you, that the outcome matters to you. That's mm-hmm. all I'm talking about, just to be okay. clear. I feel like, you know, again, that seems like a, a simple enough thought, but can get confusing to people because they don't understand kind of the, the underlying role of commitment and what that really stands for. I think if you demonstrate to the people in your life in any capacity that you care about them and or the outcome, that you are willing to, whether it's go above and beyond or show up 
consistently Mm -hmm. just by your actions and your behavior, that's the takeaway. The takeaway is that, oh, I matter to you. Oh, Mm -hmm. I can rely on you. And that's Mm -hmm. how trust builds. And that's how we lean into a situation so that we can develop a more deeper connection with someone. I love that. And we mentioned previously about, you know, personal communication and professional communication. And you said a lot of these things go hand in hand. And I'm thinking too, you know, recently in my own job, one of the quotes I heard, which I think is awesome, is availability is the best ability. And that stuck with me because, you know, there was a difference between me and another person in my office who was just never around ever, you know? And so that it was like, oh, why, why does everyone go to Lieutenant Hall? Why is everyone talking about Lieutenant Hall? Like, why does everyone task Lieutenant Hall with this? Like, I want to be tasked too. And I'm like, you know, I, I appreciate that, but like, you're never here. That's <laughs> so right. that's why that happens. And then I think back to, like, you know, my relationship with my fiance, he's just showed up for me so many times, even very early on, I showed that commitment. And so there's never really been a question of like his commitment to me and vice versa, I think, because he always made himself available or was readily available for me and my needs, both physically and emotionally. You know what I'm saying? I do. And that's what commitment is. There you go. Look Yay, at you. Gold star. <laughs> Gold star for him too. Uh, yeah, gold star. I'll tell him that. He'll be so proud. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, awesome. I that's love really, that. And that's really the reality of commitment. It's a mm. feeling. It's a behavior, how we behave, how we act, how we show up. But it's how the other person feels, mm-hmm. how the organization sees you, how your boss sees you. It's exactly what you're saying. So when we show up and we're consistent and we do what we're, quote, supposed to be doing, it's received and it's felt. Mm-hmm. So it's a felt sense really in a lot of ways, more than me telling you what to do. Yeah. If you're not committed, trust mm-hmm. gets broken. The foundation is cracked. People, mm-hmm. you don't show up. It's logical stuff when you think about it. It sounds complicated, but it really isn't. Okay. I love that. So first key element, commitment. So what's your second key element? The second key element is shifting your thinking. Okay. And what that means is most often when we are engaged in a dialogue or in a relationship, we are doing something that I call turned away, where we're more focused on ourselves and, and what we need and what we want to say, less focused on the needs or the experience reaction of the other person, especially if they tell us something that we don't want to hear or they, or we're maybe distracted by something. There's all sorts of ways that we are more individually focused. Mm -hmm. versus relational focus. And so the shifting your thinking is connecting with the other person's experience. In order to be in a relationship, in order to have a productive interaction, there are two people having the interaction. So I need to notice you. I need to pay attention to you and I need to let you know that I'm engaged in the conversation. If I'm on my phone the whole time, we all do this, by the way. We all turn away. I mean, it's logical, but it's when you stay turned away. It's when you are much more I and me focused and not interested at all in the other person or willing Mm -hmm. to listen or willing to connect with their experience. The goal is to connect with the other person's experience. That's how we engage. That's how we connect on a deeper level. So shifting your thinking from yourself and turning away to turning towards and connecting with their experience and knowing that there are two people in the interaction in the relationship. This is causing a lot of reflection for me. (laughs) I feel like I I think I do a good job with that, but okay, I'm going to try and say this without sounding really, really harsh. 
I've noticed for me, like I can tell when I'm genuinely interested in turning toward that person and shifting my thinking. And then when I'm like struggling to listen to what they have to say, I'm like, totally. Like, but that's normal. So Is it I okay? Promise. I feel like I'm a bad person. <laughs> and I want to be really clear. We all turn away. We all do it. I'm annoyed at you. So I'm turned away from you. But the key is that at any point, because you matter to me and because I'm committed to you or because this organization matters to me, I look at the bigger picture and okay. that makes me turn towards. So we all turn away at different points. I will say that one of the things I even added in, in the new program that I'm um recording this mm -hmm. week is that turning away is something, everything from, again, you're on your phone, you're distracted, you're overwhelmed and busy to a large group of people who are invested in their belief about another group of people, whether it's a bias or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Okay. And that's when it's dangerous because when okay. you have people that are turned away and they're not able to turn towards. So it's global scale. And it's also as simple as I walk by you in the hallway and you think that I'm being snobby to you because mm -hmm. I, I didn't see you because I was preoccupied. With that, when you're talking about, you know, a bigger picture group of people kind of turned away from an idea or something, would you kind of classify that as ignorance almost? Like they're not being aware that they need to focus on that or maybe take a listening ear into what other people are thinking or feeling? So I want to say yes, but I feel like that's going to sound judgmental. So okay. I'm not going to say yes. What I'm going, okay. it's, fa it's a fair question. What I'm going to say, because that's maybe my personal beliefs at times. <laughs> but what I'm going to say is that it's more that they're shut off to listening and they're okay. so convinced that their belief, and it, listen, this is, things happen in, in really negative ways, whether mm -hmm. it's about someone's race or sexuality or political views. I mean, mm -hmm. it covers every value system. It could be anything where people have a certain belief about a group of people, where they live, what department mm -hmm. they work in. You know, it could be anything. And am I open to realizing that I might be wrong or that we might have common ground or we can respect each other's opinion that mm -hmm. we disagree, but what we have to say is still important. Right. And that's what that. gets lost. So that's more of how I would look at it. Yeah. I did a podcast episode in season oh, forever ago, season one, it was uh, opening your heart to others experiences. And it mm -hmm. kind of reminds me of that just because mm -hmm. first with my fiance, Austin, what I had noticed previously with past relationships, ex-boyfriends, that sort of thing is that they didn't take time to like understand why I was the way I was. Mm -hmm. It was just like, oh, that that's not, that's not right. That's different. That's wrong. And I come from a background where I'm a military brat, a Navy brat. I lived all over the world, including Italy. You know, like I was around different cultures, different people. So I was just really patient with people and kind of took a moment to be like, okay, like, why are they that way? Like, oh, they come from a Hispanic family. They come from an Italian family. They come from, you know, all those different things. It's how they were raised. Whereas they were like, no, it's just wrong. Like, that's not how people should act. And I'm like, mm -hmm. there's a reason why we have different cultures and different blends. And one thing I loved about Austin was he was always open-minded to those experiences. He maybe had not witnessed them himself, but one of the first things we did together was book a trip to Europe because he had lived in Ohio his whole life and I had been all over the world. And I was like, I just need you to see that there's like a whole world of people out there. And it's not, my mom always said, it's not right. It's not wrong. It's just different. You know, and kind of opening that. So I feel like that was like a baby step toward this 
element you're talking about of shifting your thinking, because now instead of being judgmental, I'm always like, I wonder like why they are the way that they are. And yeah. that has helped in my relationships a lot, both friendly and coworkers and romantic mm-hmm. a ton. That's totally turning towards. And the people who are saying to you, well, they shouldn't do that. It doesn't mean we've never said that about certain circumstances, Mm -hmm. but then it's a matter of taking a step back and say, is there something I don't know? Is there something I need to know about that person? Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe we don't know what their hardships are. We don't know what they're struggling with in that moment. So Mm -hmm. just because they're different than you are, it doesn't mean that you're right and they're wrong. And if I approach you with that attitude, then I am turned away. And the essence of the relationship protocol is that the more important the relationship is to you, the more important it is that you connect with the other person's experience. I love that. Yeah, that's so true. I feel like that's probably why I've taken so much time like I have to get to know Austin. Because <laughs> I'm like, I need to know everything so I can like better understand why you are the way you are. You drive me crazy. So the only way I'm going to make that work is if I know everything. I love that. So, okay, we have two key elements, the commitment and shifting your thinking. I think that's amazing. You said two key elements for, is it healthy relationships or building relationships? So the two key elements apply across the board, whether okay. it's for, yes, it's required in healthy relationships. As a matter of fact, if you think of your relationships, and I I say this to people all the time, so for your listening audience, think of the people in your life and think of the relationships, whether it's friendships or family or coworkers, where they're just easy. You Mm -hmm. don't have to think about it too much. You know, you care about them, they care about you, you have each other's back. That is a relationship that has the two key elements. It's when someone does something where there's a little bit of a question, then, you know, it gets a little rocky or you don't know the person well, you're getting to know them or, you know, things are just not more of a struggle. And it doesn't mean you can't bring the key elements into a relationship that you, everybody can make the effort as an individual to turn towards the situation and to change how they approach a relationship or an interaction. And we all have impact as individuals. You don't have Mm -hmm. to wait for the other person to do it to show up differently, show up as someone who's committed to the interaction and, and turn towards, and you'll, you'll have a very different outcome. I love that. I love that so much. That's so helpful. And yeah. I want to dig into your tips for communication. So how many tips are there in total? A million. I'll say, are there, I'm like, <laughs> how long do I need to strap into this conversation? Like, are we talking like, we're going to have a 1200 tips and we're just going to take all day? Or is there like two quick tips? How many tips are there? And let's walk through them. In the model, there are four steps. And okay, the, that's but manageable. The, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the basics of the steps, essentially, because okay. I know there's a lot you want to talk about today. So the basics of the steps are that it teaches you, like step one teaches you how to start a conversation, how to initiate a conversation, because how we initiate a conversation sets the tone and it helps us to prepare what we're going to say, how we're going to come across And then step two is about how you show up, that kindness and being respectful is very important because that'll be the person's takeaway, however you make them feel during the interaction. And then step three has to do with starting to resolve conflicts, that it's about owning your part during an interaction or a circumstance where you may have had a misstep or a mistake or even unintentionally done something. And then the last part is the tip I was going to give you before is the benefit of the doubt, Mm -hmm. where benefit of the doubt helps us to move on quicker. But also when you're approaching 
someone, whether you know them or not, whether it's a difficult situation or not, if you approach by giving them the benefit of the doubt, that they also want to get along with you, that they're being trustworthy, that mm -hmm. they want a good outcome, whatever it is, whatever you're seeking, that they also want that, you will approach them with a very different attitude than if you just start talking mm -hmm. and you're a little bit hesitant or you're not sure what to do. Always approach with a benefit of the doubt frame of mind because it affects how you come across to them. And it, it's just a more engaging way of communicating with someone and it can make a difference. That I love that so much. I just saw that on your website, the no uh, benefit of the doubt. Oh, my I challenge. Wanna, yes, Did your you? challenge. Yeah the, yeah, the benefit of the doubt challenge, which we'll get into in a second. I, I want to kind of walk through these steps one more time. I know you have a whole book on this, so <laughs> it's going to be hard to summarize, but your first step was how to initiate a conversation. So do you kind of have some like off the cuff tips of ways listeners can like immediately improve their ability to initiate conversations? So you want to start by saying something positive. If you can, if there's something positive to say that engages the person, I appreciate your time. Thanks for meeting with me, or I know you're making an effort so that that's kind of a we conversation. Okay. You're in this together. I notice you. And then stating your intention for the conversation so that they don't have to wonder why are we talking. This is more about if it's an important conversation, certainly. Okay. For personal relationships, how could you kind of derive that? Would it be like starting out with a compliment? <laughs> it, it could <laughs> you be. Know? Okay. It, no, it can be a compliment. It can be, it can be. I, I appreciate that you made, brought me coffee. I'm glad we're together. You're important to me. It can be anything that lets them know that you recognize them, that you notice them. Everybody wants to be heard. They want to be recognized. And if you start there, you will have that engagement up front. As long as you're sincere, don't say, that is my favorite shirt. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, look at, look at how handsome you look. And they're thinking, yeah, no, that's not true because you'll lose them. So it's also about genuinely being sincere in mm -hmm. all of this. If you mm -hmm. don't mean it, please don't say it because you lose credibility and things, you make things worse. One tip I got in the military that I love, it's like a couple years ago. I think it was a Monday morning and I walked into someone's office and I immediately was like, hey, like, is that report done? And he was the sweetest guy. And he was like, Lieutenant Hall, I'm going to teach you something. He said, always start by asking, hey, how was your weekend? Or say, hey, good morning. And then yep. not just immediately walking in and saying that. And, you know, like I said, like I had the best intentions, was motivated. I got my coffee in me, but that really stuck. And so even now, especially as the responsibilities have built up, I try to always be like, how was your weekend this weekend? Before I get into like, you know, the nitty gritty of the details. So that's just kind of like a, a tip that's helped me and I think helped me build relationships because I've also done texting. Like I'll immediately text someone and be like, hey, like, are you logged on to the Zoom call? Thanks. And they're, I'll, now I try to remember, okay, like, hey, good morning. <laughs> like, hope your Monday was great. Are you by chance logged into the Zoom call? And you know, like those little things, I feel like just really build over time, those relationships. So just like tidbits here and there. I think that's a great suggestion. And I'm glad you said that because I need to remind myself to do that sometimes. No one is perfect at any of this. Mm -hmm. You know, we're human beings and it's, this isn't a linear experience. Right. So everybody yeah. makes mistakes and everybody wants redos, yeah. <laughs> do-overs and things. hundred percent. I actually have a, a caveat. Sorry, personal story I want your, your take on. So something that I do is 
when I moved to new cities, I will like mass text a ton of girls and invite them to things because I'm trying to make friends. So like, say I have a friend, Sally, Susie, Brianna, and Jamie, and they're all in like kind of different parts of the city. I'll try to like host stuff to bring them together so we can like all be friends. (laughs) So that way I don't have to make like individual brunch dates all the time. So I've been doing this for years and typically it's received well. And people are like, oh, I'm so glad you reached out. Like happy to get dinner. Well, recently a girl actually approached me and she said, Hey, I find when you send out mass text messages, it's very disingenuous and that you don't actually want to hang out with me. Like it's a courtesy invite, you know? And I was so like thrown off by that because I'm like, wow, like I've been doing this for so long and it's always pretty much been received well. Like people show up and they seem happy. And then I connect people and they're like, oh my God, thank you so much for inviting me. And I just sat back. I'm like, okay, like still room to improve here. Like I'm not the, a professional in the social world and I don't have all my ducks in a row when it comes to communication with other women. So it's something to kind of keep in mind, but kind of what is your take on that? Like when it comes to interacting with different people with different backgrounds and trying to keep those communication skills sharp. I think that the person who said that to you, I don't know how well she knows you. So what Not she that did, well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so what she didn't do was give you the benefit of the doubt. Mm, comes back to that. Ah. Ah. <laughs> it, it all comes together. Okay. And then the other part of the conversation is what do you do when someone gives you feedback that's a little bit uncomfortable, catches you mm. off guard, you don't even necessarily agree with. Right. But the key is to own your part. And what that means is even though I'm well-intended with everything I'm doing here, as a matter of fact, I didn't know that that's how you felt or anybody else felt. And I'm sorry if I made you feel like it was disingenuous. That's certainly not my intention at all. Boom, done. Acknowledge her, you've owned your part. And then you can say, give me the benefit of the doubt that I didn't mean it the way that you took it. You don't necessarily want to say, well, you're the first person that's ever said that to me. And I've been doing this for <laughs> two years. And, you know, yeah. so, you know, maybe you're just a little sensitive. And you might be thinking that, but if you say that, that's going to be a turnoff. So the key is really to connect with her in a way that lets her feel heard. Thanks for letting me know. Never thought of that before. Mm-hmm. Sorry I made you feel that way. That That's not my intention at all. I'm pretty sure that's how I handled it. It's been a minute now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure but you probably sound, did too. It sounds about right, but I definitely, yeah. the note I took away from that was, again, to continue to improve myself, interact with all kinds of people, with all kinds of personalities and different backgrounds. And I'm not perfect by any means. So I want to dive into the second step. You said how to show up. Can you expand more on that on... Um, how we can do a better job of showing up? I think we have to think ahead of how do we want to show up? How do we want to come across? And how do we want the other person to feel? What kind of reaction do we want them to have? That's the planning ahead. Okay. So I don't know if this helps, but I do visualization. And so sometimes I think when I'm having these hard conversations, like say it's with my boss, you know, I try to like walk through that. I'm like, okay, what's the point I'm trying to make and the tone I'm trying to have and like the feeling I want her to be left with after I'm done with this. So, but I don't do that in like every day. I only do that with big conversations. So. <laughs> nor, nor should you, you shouldn't have to. Yeah, okay. And then resolving conflicts. This is so important because I feel like I'm terrible at resolving conflicts. Like I am very direct and I do not mind being confrontational, but with people I love, kind of like, oh, I hate doing 
because I don't want to offend anyone. So Mm -hmm. what can you say to expand on on that note, resolving conflicts? We actually touched on it a moment ago with the friend who commented to you about a reaction. It's exactly what you would do in any situation. You listen to what they're saying. You validate what they're saying. You apologize for making them feel the way that they feel or having that reaction or that wasn't your intention. And then you move on as best you can. Or you you have a conversation with someone and you see it's kind of going back and forth. You stop talking about the content and mm-hmm. looking at winning or being right. And you comment on what's taking place between you. And that's how you can really easily diffuse a conflict too. Hey, you know, tension's starting to rise here, or I don't want to argue with you about this. So mm-hmm. now I've brought the structure of what's going on between us into the conversation rather than talking about the topic. And that's another great way to diffuse or de-escalate. I love that. And then finally, I know we've already alluded to this, but number four was giving the benefit of the doubt. Yes, I really need to implement this in my own life because I've noticed bridezilla is a true thing. It is. And I feel a lot more sensitive than I used to. Like, Aww. I don't know. I I think it's just because everyone's like, oh, this is your moment. This is your day. This is all about you and your husband and, you know, relish in this time. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, it is about me. And then I used to never really be, I feel like self-centered almost. Like, oh, how dare they like not do this or not do that. And so what I need to work on during this time is giving people the benefit of the doubt. And I'm, I'm trying to, but it still doesn't mean that things don't sting a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's like, oh, they can't financially commit to something or they can't show up to this or whatever. I'm trying to work on that. But with that, kind of talk about your benefit of the doubt challenge and why this is such an important step to you. One of the things that I realized is that when we give people the benefit of the doubt, it changes us. It changes the interaction, it changes how they receive us, but it changes us because it makes Mm -hmm. us more open-minded and more willing to listen and and looking to connect. Mm -hmm. So my challenge is for the next 24 hours to give, it could be just the important people in your life that you see on a daily basis or everyone that you encounter, Mm -hmm. the benefit of the doubt. And notice what happens when you think about them in terms of that they also want to get along with you, that they don't want to fight, that they are being truthful in what they're saying, that you matter to them, whatever doubts you're having or question marks Mm -hmm. or concerns, if you give them the benefit of the doubt that they don't mean it the way you're taking it, notice what happens. It just opens us up. And when people start to do this, you become more positive, you become more open-minded And things lighten up a little bit. We're so Mm -hmm. heavy. There's so much stuff around us that's Mm -hmm. changing and difficult. And I always say there's nothing that I teach that even has four syllables, I don't think. Like there's nothing fancy in what I'm saying. It's all, and it's nothing that hasn't been said before. I just put it together a little differently. I love that so much. I feel like the military, oh my goodness, the military especially, it's almost like it's been read into our minds that we need to be seeking out issues or like trying to call out problems or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like this witch hunt of like, who's not doing their job today? You know, like who's not pulling their weight, who's not doing their taskers. Like, and it's so frustrating to watch because I completely agree with you. I have really tried to, as a leader, try to work on giving some of the benefit of the doubt. 
because I've been there. I've been in situations where, you know, I medically like could not show up to work or I was dealing with personal stuff or, you know, whatever. I wasn't trying not to finish a task. I just didn't see it. You know what I mean? So I really try to work on that. It's not until after the fifth time I've given them the benefit of the doubt that I'm like, all right, we need to start documenting this because this isn't working. But I really try to do that in the military. And I wish so many other people would take that because like you said, it would help increase open-mindedness and positivity. Mm -hmm. And I think it would help in our workplace a lot, but people don't take that time. It takes work. It's an extra step that takes work for you to train your thoughts differently. And it would go a long way for sure. And then I want to do that in my own, my personal life as well. So what's interesting about what you're saying, which is fascinating to me, by the way, I, it's logical. It makes sense to me. I didn't realize that was the culture. Mm-hmm. So it, it's almost like a two-step process. The first is who's not doing their job. But what you're saying is you want to insert the, let's see if there's a reason why they're not doing their job. Right. Can we give them the benefit of the doubt that either they're doing the best they can or something's going right. on as to why they can't, which is a beautiful thing to be able to afford people that courtesy. Let's figure out a way to bring that in there. We'll we'll write an article or something. Exactly. Seriously though, I feel like, you know, it's missing for sure. If if what you're saying is true, then that culture is, can't think of the word I'm looking for, but you know, it's such an authoritative kind of mentality that there's not a lot of, there's no room for error and there's no room for conversation. It will sometimes, and it, it completely depends on your leader. I have a great boss right now, but still some of the people I work with are very much like this. But I think again, everyone's just kind of like out to get each other sometimes because it's such a competitive culture. We're ranked against each other. We have evaluations where we're ranked against each other. We get promotions based on being ranked against each other. And this is all throughout the military. So it's just like this constant competition. So everyone's very cutthroat of, oh, I'm on one up. Oh, this person's not doing well. This person's not showing up. Whereas I believe I just kind of stay in my lane and do my job. And so far it's, it's going well, but you know, I try not to look to my left and look to my right, just kind of do me. But I'm like, I also I don't think anyone is joining the greatest Navy in the world because they're like, oh, this is a really good opportunity to slack off. Like that, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm like, there's so many other things you could have done with your life. And so I try to keep that in mind too. Like if they really didn't want to do this, they really didn't have to reenlist. They really didn't have to go into the Navy. They don't have to be doing this right now, but it's a volunteer force. So, you know, again, let's give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe they do have stuff going on at home or, you know, things like that, but it's hard. So I'm going to work on that too. But you know, that's the same as many corporations where you have sales teams competing Mm -hmm. with each other. And instead of working together and supporting each other and from the top, it it all stems from the top down. Yep. 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 Same thing though. Many corporations function that way. and, And I'm trying to change that too. So I love that. I think that's amazing. I definitely. So before we get ready to wrap up, speak a little bit on your online course and what it is exactly where we can find it. And then I also uh, want to make sure we give a shout out to all your links in your books and whatnot. Sure. So my online course is called the communication protocol. It's an eight lesson program. It's facilitated virtually. It's for organizations from, it could be just the management or all the way, all employees. We're launching a new version of it because after being in beta for a year, I realized that there were aspects to it that I wanted to include. So Mm -hmm. I literally rewrote all the lessons and made it just a whole different program. And it's going to be epic. 
I'm so excited. I really think we can change the world with this and teach people how to initiate conversations, how to have more productive meetings, deal with uh, a greater ability to connect and deal with conflicts. Everything that we talked about and more Mm -hmm. is included in there, but really giving the how-tos for how to have the conversation and how to get along with people. So Mm -hmm. there's a culture of belonging and a positive company culture in general. So if people can go to my website, therelationshipprotocol.com, there's information on the program there. And if you work for an organization that you think really needs support because people are burnt out or the great resignation is hitting you hard Mm -hmm. or whatever's going on, this is the kind of program that it's flexible. It doesn't take a lot of time. I mean, you can hear just, I hope from what I'm explaining, how logical and practical the information is. Mm -hmm. And it's everything you can use right away. So the learning continues. And then this is a skill set that we have that we take with us wherever Mm -hmm. we go throughout our life. That's the beauty of learning how to be a better communicator because it applies to all of your interactions and it improves the quality of your life and make, I want to make the world a more peaceful, kinder place. This is how I'm doing it. So, and there's also a a personal version of the program on my site as well. Okay. That's amazing. I love what you stand for. It's why I had to have you on the show. I think uh, so many people go through life, not knowing there's people like you out there with tools to help them and they're executable. You know what I mean? Like you're not saying, hey, go get a PhD in communication. Good luck. Like these are very like simplistic steps for them to use now. Tools to use right now. Anybody can do it. Exactly. Anyone can do it. You have to want to, but anyone can do it. A hundred percent. I, yeah, it's the want part. I think that's the hardest part. I'm interested to see, you know, I'm, I love that uh, when I record these episodes, they're so jam-packed full of knowledge and um, I'll have Instagram followers who reach out. And they're like, oh, like you're so good at balancing relationships. You're so good at communicating. Like I need help. And then I just send them the episode. I'm like, oh, like okay, episode Here you go. Three, here you go. And they're like, wow, that really did help me. I'm Aww. like, the content is out there. You know, I don't ever want to be the person that says, go Google it. I want the kind of like, guide them. The resource. Exactly. And yeah, so sure. you're an excellent guidepost for that. So oh, thank you. How can we find you? I know you mentioned your website, but go through the spiel all over again so I can make sure I link it all in the show notes. Here's the spiel. My website is the relationshipprotocol.com. That's the name of my book as well. It's available on Amazon. You can get it all sorts of places. And I am on Instagram as the relationship protocol and also on Facebook and on LinkedIn, Deborah D-E-B-R-A Roberts. And awesome. that's, and if, oh, oh, I'm just not good at promoting myself. And <laughs> so, on my website, there are also complimentary downloads that are super helpful. One, mm-hmm. which you'll love, is called Tell Me What to Say. And it addresses three of the most common areas where people avoid conversations. And I show you how to have those conversations. Awesome. And the other is about building trust in the workplace. So they're okay. free. Download them. You'll get on my mailing list and learn a little bit more about what's going on, which I have to get more actively involved in as well. That's awesome. So, it's, all, it's all good. So awesome. So needed. Thank you so much, Deborah. I really feel like what's misunderstood in communication is that people think it's not fixable. And mm. that's, you know, my take is that they're just kind of like, oh, it is what it is. And you're proving that these issues are fixable and you can't have these healthy relationships. So thank you very, very much. It was great chatting with you today. And best of luck with the book and the online series and everything you have thank going you. on. Thank you. It's incredible. This was a pleasure. Thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely, yes. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Misunderstood Podcast. I love hearing from you guys. And I want you to take a screenshot of this episode, tag at misunderstood.podcast on Instagram and share a takeaway from today's episode. Something you loved, something you wanted more of, whatever it is, it helps me learn what you guys want to hear. Please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify. I want to give a special shout out to my friends at Hatch for producing this episode. If you're looking to launch a podcast or if you already have one, you can get unlimited podcast editing by visiting usehatch.fm. That's usehatch.fm. Thanks so much, guys. Until next week, this is your misunderstood Kelly Hall.